It's a me, a ripoff. I got <laughs> today on. <laughs> that was pretty good. Welcome, everybody, to Press B to Cancel, <laughs> the best damn podcast you're going to hear until tomorrow. This week, we're going to be talking about, what the hell is this thing being called? The Super Mario 3D All-Stars Collection? Mario. Remember, we have oh. to say it for the Americans. Right, we got to pan over the American audience. Mario. Right, right. <laughs> but not the Italians, apparently. Yeah, no. they say Mario. Well, then, really, then Canada's just like Italy anyway. No, I'm talking about, like, I I, I think Mario is also just kind of a northeastern thing. Probably. That sounds like something we do. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, I gotcha. All right. Well, obviously, I'm not alone here talking to my voices in my head. No, no. I'm joined by three good friends. Wolf, how you doing? I am okay. It's awfully bright outside your head. <laughs> well, I do keep it shiny. And GP, how you doing? You really think I'm a good friend? And Polsh, how oh. you doing? You owe me money for this. <laughs> oh, oh, I'll send you a hot sauce. <laughs> Deal. No, he won't. He told me that too. <laughs> <laughs> I, sure, I tried sending you that hot sauce. Canada Post got it to your country. After that, it's not my fault you don't exist. All right, this week we're talking about the Super Mario 3D Collection, which, boy, okay, Nintendo. It's the 35th anniversary of Mario this year, and they're releasing a few different things to celebrate that. A lot of cross-gameplay tie-ins and whatnot. But one of the big releases is this combined collection of Mario 64, Mario Sunshine, Mario Galaxy, but no... No Galaxy 2? Really? But that's okay. I mean, you can, you know, sit on this and wait for it to go on sale, right? Nintendo games go on sale, and you can wait. Oh, they're only selling it until March? What? That's right. It's a limited release, the Mario 3 All-Stars Collection. Should you buy it? Should you not? We kind of just wanted to talk about the games in the collection itself, and then at the end, we'll, we'll talk about our thoughts about it. Uh, surprise, only one of us actually bought it. <laughs> and it wasn't by choice. <laughs> so, actually, you know, maybe we should talk about, like, when they first announced the 3D All-Stars collection, I immediately went back to thinking about Mario All-Stars on the Super Nintendo, which was, you had the original Mario, Mario 2, th uh, 3, later on World, and you also had, new at the time, Lost Levels. And it was all brand new graphics, all remastered. And to me, that was mind-blowing. Wait, was World on there too? I thought it was just the first three and last levels. The commercial release of Mario All-Stars did not have World on it. That was a cartridge that I think was a pack-in with the Super Nintendo later. Was a Super Mario oh. All-Stars and Super Mario World in one cartridge. Oh, right. okay. Because I have seen it, yeah. but it, I, I'm pretty sure it was a pack-in. Yeah, you're right. A friend of mine, when he got his Super Nintendo, I believe he got it. And that actually accounts, I think, for some of the sales charts because that game was supremely popular in the charts because it was a pack-in. 
but it, I mean, it was great. I think it was a solid collection. Those are all great Mario games. I know some people maybe don't like Mario 2 very much, but whatever, it's still a great package. So this, I mean, the three games. Let's start off with the first one, I guess, uh, Mario 64. And I'm going to say Mario, Mario, a different way every time this episode, just to cover all the states. <laughs> Mario. Mayo. Mayo. Super Mayo, released in 1996. Shigeru Miyamoto, that's his baby. And uh, he was the producer and designer. No, producer and director of this one. And, I mean, who's here is familiar enough with this to maybe give a little synopsis of, not the plot, because there really isn't much one, of just the structure of the various worlds? Yeah, I can take that one on. All right. You got it. Okay. Where are you? This is this is Guy Prime from the Retro Therapy. I'm a good friend of Sick Jake's. Underscore, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let me paint you a picture with my imagination brush. Brush, you say that's right. This involves a lot of paintings. Essentially, Mario, uh, for all of you Italians out there, was lured to Peach's castle under false pretenses. I do apologize. (laughs) Under the guise of a cake. She's going to bake him a cake. And he's like, that's code for something. I should show up. (laughs) So he shows up, and Lakitu voyeur that he is has his little uh, reality tv show camera and is following mario around so right away he's like the hell's going on here i better run into the castle so he does this awesome triple jump into the castle only to find out he's got to go into these paintings and recover these stars and certain doors are locked and you have to get certain stars to get into the doors and then also there's these other big double doors that you have to have a certain number of stars to get into only to find out you got to fight Bowser, right, at the end of these stages. Oh, man, it's crazy. Also, if you get 100 stars, you get star or coins, you get stars for that. Wait, And then you? also there's red coins. Yeah. Everywhere you go, there's stars. Stars, stars, well, I know stars. The, red, the red ones, yeah, but 100 regular coins, you get a star? Yeah, so there's a, a oh, grand shit. total of 120 stars to beat the game. If you're good, Okay, if you're going to completion this, that's what you have to do. Anyways, so you fight Bowser some total of three times, unless you're a speedrunner, uh, and then, yeah, then you fight then you fight Bowser for the third time. You get this key. You, you know, there's flying hats. There's metal hats. It's anarchy, and it's beautiful. And people think Miyamoto wasn't high. And Yoshi's there for a minute, too. Yes. <laughs> for anybody who's wondering, too, Bowser in Canada is known as Hoser, so you fight Hoser three times. <laughs> Oh. I well, I personally, I always kind of liked. Uh, how's that? So. Oh, wow. Oh. This. We we might. Have, I'm gonna need a moment. Did I meme? <laughs> Did I meme correctly? Yeah, you meme correctly. Okay, sweet. Yeah, you nailed it. I mean, the plot is very light for the game, but it sets things up, and it's so much fun. Yeah, and this is like, uh, this is the first 3D Mario game, right? And this is the leap onto that new system, and. It's set, in a lot of ways, a standard for 3D platformers for that generation, I think, right? Well, what and year did Virtual Boy come out? Uh, uh, that was after, wasn't it? I don't know. I put my head in there once and came out like three years later on the same shopping trip. <laughs> 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 I'm just saying it might not be the first 3D adventure. <laughs> no, it came out after the, the N64, right? I, I don't know. I thought it was before, but I could be wrong. 
I'm gonna have to time check to my, check my the mind palace. palace. <laughs> right, yeah. I checked the mind palace, but my child's behind me grabbing something from my office when she's supposed to be out of here while I record. Get out! Oh! Out. <laughs> love you. <laughs> I love you wow. after the door slam. <laughs> yeah. They can hear through the door. They're not that thick. It's okay. It's okay. Anyway, yeah, sorry. I, I didn't mean to, to derail the conversation with my virtual boy, but... Uh... No, now I'm curious, actually, because the graphics of the virtual boy were not bad. They were just, you know, red. It was the color palette, yeah. <laughs> Virtual Boy, let me just check that mind palace. I'm thinking really it's hard here. 95. Was it 95? It was 95. No shit. Okay. So you're right. Technically, not the first 3D Mario. But the first polygonal Mario for sure. Gotta be. Polygonal? Was there a Mario game for Virtual Boy? I thought it was Wario Land. Was it? There was a Mario Tennis, I think. Yeah, there was a Mario Tennis, but and Mario Clash, which I think was just a 3D original Mario Brothers. Yeah, kind of like deal. the original Pow Block thing. And I I don't know if we need to be talking about Mario's polygonal. I don't know his his lanes well enough to know if him and Peach are like dating or if they're no, open like that. We had that discussion before, GP. It, it's not <laughs> that word. Oh, oh, you're right. I'm sorry. I had to consult my mind palace. You're exactly right. I looked up something different and much more interesting. <laughs> that was it? <laughs> no, but I should look into that. Yes. Well, no. This is a family-friendly podcast. Don't look into Bowsette on Pornhub. <clears throat> oh, my God. No, like, all I'm saying is if Mario and Peach aren't dating, look, man, if if you get a letter from the local monarchy... And the local monarch is like, hey, come to the ca- ca- castle, free cake. I ain't going. <laughs> Just what I'm right, saying. Yeah, it's a setup. It's a trap. <laughs> Queen Elizabeth wants to pitch me a free cake. I ain't setting 10 foot near Buckingham Palace. I'm going to cut this out when I edit it, but holy shit, I just had to Google it. Or I can <laughs> Pornhub it. And wow. Tell me. I, I, I really have no idea what it's about. I've just heard the name Bowsette before. Well, it's a thing. And, you know, Nintendo just uh, sent a cease and desist against that Peach Adventure sex game. So, maybe they're thinking about it. <laughs> I don't think this is how they work, but I'm going to <laughs> no, it's You know what? It's exactly how they work. I'm telling you why. Nintendo and fan games have always been dicey, right? Every time there's a fan game that kind of gets out there and they're remotely popular, Nintendo takes it down. The uh, re-releases it as as Link's Awakening. (laughs) Well, not just okay. So look at um, (laughs) AMTR. I think it was basically it's a remake of Metroid Two, and it's quite popular. It's actually really good. Nintendo cease and desist it, and then later that year or the following year, they had uh, the actual official remake come out. I mean, I'm sure that remake was in the works for years before, but it's very coincidental. But they take down the fan game and release their own later on. Right. But it's not just that. Uh, there was an online Mario Battle Royale game, right? That was made by a fan. Hilarious. It was fun. You're playing Mario with like 60 other people on the screen at once. It's fantastic. Cease and desist. Take it down. And what is Nintendo releasing, I think, next week is Mario 35. An online Battle Royale, Royale multiplayer Mario game. Also limited to March for some reason, Nintendo. But... Again, an idea that's been cease and desisted and coming out. And even Mario 64. Somebody fan does a fan port 
releases it on PC, Vita, Dreamcast, damn well everything. A lot of people love that port that somebody's put together in, put together. And what happens? Cease and desist. <laughs> it comes down because Mario 3D All-Stars Collection comes out this month. It's very odd, that trail. We're talking about Bowsette still, right? Hmm. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Cease and desist Bowsette. <laughs> no! Official Bowsette coming tomorrow yeah, by Nintendo. Yes. Anyway, tangents, not me. <laughs> so, so Mario 64, I don't know. So who wants to start, I guess, and talk a little bit about, I don't know, your experience with Mario 64. Do you like it? Do you not like it? Have you played it recently? Does it hold up for you? I love it. I that was the reason I wanted an N sixty four. I was starting on uh, I was starting on the N sixty four because my cousin rented one, and renting consoles was not a common thing where I'm from. So he rented it from the place that nobody ever rented from because it was so far out of the way. And <laughs> he's like, called me over. You got to play this. You got to come see this. And immediately I was just like, this is so cool. <laughs> the just to be able to running around in like a 3D environment like that is mind blowing for me because the only 3D at that time was like Star Fox and stunt race effects, and I was like, "This looks like crap." You know, this is garbage. I had no idea like how technical it was for being 3D. So Mario 64 looked really good. I was like, "Okay, now now I can get in on this," and I and immediately was in love with it just because the sounds everything it just screamed everything mario really for me i was like oh like i love the voice of him uh just the way of like the evolution of playing the original game then the second and the third super mario world and then this one you know anything else in between even mario was missing uh <laughs> they all you know they all just kind of evolved i felt like it was just a really good evolution of the whole series like the whole franchise and there's a lot of tech behind the hood for mario 64 i think it was a silicon graphics workstation that they used to to make the 3d models and whatnot for this game so it was definitely a leap forward so uh, definitely a jump wolf what about you what do you think about mario 64 i really enjoy it when i first played it i I mean, I was one of those kids who got to play the demo like that was on constant reset at the local Toys R Us. Um, I think for Christmas that year, my cousin got an N64, so sometimes I'd go over to his place and I'd get to play it for a little while. And then, you know, it was a few years before I actually got to play Mario 64 uninterrupted. Like, I got to actually play through the entirety of it, and I, I loved it, save for... A couple of points that, you know, water levels at you, but... <laughs> a bad water level? What? For the most part, I loved the game, and I even think it's kind of aged pretty well. Yeah, it's the camera angles have issues. I mean, what game doesn't from that era? Everything else about the game is aged particularly well, I think. So, I mean, what's interesting about the camera, I got two points on this, but the one, you're right, I, I find it janky. I don't like the camera, but for its time... They're the ones who pioneered that style of camera for a 3D platformer. And of that generation, I think they did it probably one of the best uh, ways you could. Uh, the, the idea of having the Lakitu with the camera as the, the analog of him moving around you and using the, the right buttons. This is before two sticks and a joystick. 
but using the buttons to swing the camera around you was, I think, revolutionary. So, I mean, nowadays, a little bit dated, but back then, amazing. And then, GP, before I turn it back over to you, it's been stuck in my head since we started when you mentioned that, you know, Lakitu's a voyeur. You're right, because he's just following Mario around as he collects all those stars. As he dies dozens and dozens of times, <laughs> you have Lakitu recording this, the world's longest snuff film of Mario. Oh, God. <laughs> kind of sick <laughs> not only that but you also get to see the finished product because <laughs> when mario dies you get to see the game over you get to see all the star wipes when he succeeds yeah. but let's <laughs> Just... let's let's okay let's not assume that Mar- mario mario you guys have got me saying it now <laughs> is is innocent here if he goes over to the the castle under that full pretense of that cake thinking maybe that's code for something different Maybe he invited Lakitu. Said, dude, it's <laughs> happening. Bring the camera. <laughs> I'm just putting it out there. I have nothing. This is not even a fan theory. Uh, though there are some interesting fan theories about, and I think we've mentioned this in prior podcasts, about how Mario only ever saved the princess once. And every other iteration of Mario is some sort of retelling of, of Super Mario Brothers 1. Two, of course, is just a dream. Three, they've admitted, is a stage play. Uh, Super Mario World, I don't know. But then there's this one where it was like the reality life in in, uh, in front of a TV camera sort of way of, of telling how heroic Mario is. And he's just at this point like a celebrity in the Mushroom Kingdom who, you know, keeps wearing his letter jacket to the bar, even though he's 40 years old, so to speak. <laughs> My goodness, was Super Mario 64 just a Mario reality show before reality shows hit Essentially. And I think if Mario knew about that, he may have helped plot the entire thing about, you know, hiding the stars, kidnapping the princess, all that kind of stuff. Are you kidding me? About what part? Get out. I said a lot of nonsense there. <laughs> out. Fine. Yeah, get, you better get out. All right, well, this is fun. I've been Sorry. Guy Prime. Yes, I love uh, you too, but get out. Go to bed. <laughs> this is great. It's just... I'm leaving this in, by the way. Uh, of course you are. <laughs> and and they they sneak in, and then you're like, get out, get out. And finally, you hear slam on the door. <laughs> uh, but but no, I I absolutely adore Mario 64. Um, I'm with Paul. I think it's aged well. And I oftentimes go back and forth about whether or not it is actually my favorite of the Mario games. I will uh, dissent an opinion from Werewolf in that the water levels in this game suck. I disagree. I think the weak level in this one is Hazy uh, Hazy Maze Cavern or Hazy Maze Cave, whatever it's called. I mega loathe that section of the game. But the water level's not that bad. And the ice level's not as bad either. Mm. For for an ice level, yeah, I think you're right. It it was pretty forgiving. (laughs) It wasn't as as hateful as uh, previous, previous games. Yeah, I didn't have much issue with the ice levels. It wasn't even really Dire Dire Docks. It was that other one with the rising and lowering water level. That's the one that okay, I Okay, but that one was neat, though, because you had the trick where you jump in these paintings, and depending on how high you jumped into the level is the level the water level when you enter. I didn't know that. What? Yeah, so if you want a low level what? of water, I had no yeah, you idea. just hop in. I didn't know that. I knew about, I knew about ah, the clock. Jeez. I knew about the clock thing, but I didn't know about the, the water level. Secrets revealed. Press B to cancel. Take that bold bull. 
One thing about Hazy Maze Cave that was awesome, though, was the dinosaur nasty thing. That used to give me, like, anxiety as a kid. <laughs> I loved it, man. I was terrified first, but once yeah. I realized it wasn't. The first thing my kid said when she saw Nessie and how you have to, like, basically you're pounding on her back to make her submissive to you so you can ride her. She's like, you are do. you hurting her? I'm like, what? I'm like, are you hurting the dinosaur? I'm like, no, honey. It's a video game. It's just like Yoshi. Yeah. Nobody cares that you're, like, donkey punching Yoshi in the back of the head to make him eat stuff. <laughs> Sorry, Blitz Brom. Oh. We know you love Yoshi. We got more on Yoshi later. You I've know. seen him sacrifice Yoshi for the greater good. It's okay. That's just the way it is. For the <laughs> Not good. even for the greater good. I've seen him sacrifice <laughs> Yoshi for shits and giggles. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Fact. I'm just trying to think of like the levels. I did, so I've been playing it recently on the collection, and uh, I don't want to. I don't want to dump on Mario 64 too much because it was revolutionary for its time, very influential. One of the things that was really great about it was they took the idea of making a one world like a level, but adding the multiple stars to it, so they could reuse a lot of level assets to make that level. Like you know, with 2D sprite-based Mario games and many 2D games. You have tile sets. So you can have levels that look similar because they're using the same tile set, but they're designed differently. That's not very practical with the 3D game. So what they do is they just make the one world and they reuse it in many different ways. And that was used by a lot of companies. Uh, one of the, I think it was a producer or a director of GoldenEye at Rare, said that the influence for them when they're designing one level with multiple mission objectives was Mario 64. So like this game was very influential for a lot of people at this time. And there's like, I mean, you look at Banjo-Kazooie and other games, you can tell they all pulled ideas from, from Mario 64. It was Mario 64 and Zelda that were the two. Can I, can I interject something real quick, though? Just for a quick bit of critical thinking, I, I don't know that I'm sold anymore on the idea of what Jake said like four times of anything being great for its time. I understand the idea, but... You know what else was revolutionary at its time? The spoon. <laughs> no, no, no. Follow me on this. Like, especially for, like, the soup lobby. I'm sure those people loved it. They're like, this is great. We can scoop things. It's a spoon. But we've all had bad experiences with spoons. I There's not a lot of new tech going into the spoon is all I'm saying. Same thing with chairs. Why do chairs cost so much? It's not new technology. But again, I don't know that the argument of it was great for what it was at, when it was, you know, at its time, I, I don't know that I really buy that argument anymore, is what I'm saying. The difference, though, is if I use the same spoon I used to eat my cereal today, mm -hmm. it's still working fantastic. It's great. It holds up. It holds my cereal. Same thing with, you know, my wife's grandparents. They had those spoons back in the 40s and 50s. Same thing. It's great. Mario 64 was good for its time, but when I play Mario 64 now... It ain't holding up my cereal. That camera's swinging around and smacking me in the back of the head and making me die. <laughs> I've never died to a spoon, but I've died because of Mario 64's camera. It's, I hear you. It, it's dated. But here's the follow-up question. Do you think spoons were invented in the 1950s? <laughs> now, I, I will be the first to admit, uh, I did not put in the legwork. I have not researched the history of the spoon. Also, when I look into it, I'm upside down. It's full of lies. Not important. I think it's a conspiracy. I'll just 
from Big Spooner. Oh, my God. To... Sorry, I couldn't even get that one. They're, they're in bed with the soup lobby, I'm telling you. Yeah. The soup lobby controls everything. Right. No, no, no. All I'm saying is, like, I just – there's so many other podcasts and other people I, I've I've heard talk about specifically lately because of the, the All-Stars thing. Well, it was great for its time, and I'm just sick of it. And I'm like, does anybody really know what that means? Have we really critically thought about what that means? Because look at everything else that was coming out in in 96. And I, I understand it was revolutionary in certain ways. But you can't say it's great for its time and it's held up well. Because then it's still great in this time, right? Yeah, I agree with that. Well, all I'm saying is the spoon dates back to even before ancient Egypt. Mera 64 has an Egyptian-themed level and it sucks ass. That's all I'm getting <laughs> What are you talking about? That's a great level. It's a terrible... Okay, are we talking about the same level? The level where there's that fucking vulture flying yes. around and you have to get your ha- the the star from his tail? It took me 20 attempts to fly my ass over there and get it. And my reward was the next star was to land on the four pillars to <laughs> pop the top off that pyramid. You yeah. got to land four times. And that hat you get to fly around only lasts so long. And if you fail, if you mess up and bump something... You fall to the quicksand and die. Yeah, fuck quicksand. hard. I think we can all agree about that with quicksand. <laughs> so yeah, no, I you, you you swayed me. You're right. That level stinks. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> There's lots of great levels in the game. I do like Mario 64, but I think it's a little bit dated compared to some of the other games that we're going to talk about. But it was great for what it was at the time, right? Exactly. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> Have like you learned spoon. nothing? <laughs> spoon. There is no spoon. Let me tell you about chopsticks. You guys are um, cute. <laughs> last thing, I guess, before we move on, because we're, I knew we we're going to talk a lot about Mario 64, but we'll, I'm sure, have lots of great things to say about in the next game. But uh, before I do, so in the collection, there's been very minimal work done to these games. The original 2D All Stars game had, you know, completely redone graphics and whatnot. Not the case with this game. They've slightly, what do you call it, aliasing, and they get rid of some of the jaggies on some of the, the polygons in this. Uh, otherwise, some of the textures are cleaned up, but very minorly. Is that the jaggies? Is that the technical term? Because you're using all the other terminology, and now I'm confused. I'm like, well, you know, I'm all about <laughs> technical jaggies. <laughs> I think it's aliasing <laughs> that they call it. Because basically the game has been up but they didn't even change. Like, it's not a widescreen game. I understand it never was, but you're putting on the Switch... Widescreen TVs are not, you know, like spoons from ancient Egypt. They've been around for a while, but not that long. But, I mean, they could have at least increased the, the view of the screen. They didn't even do that. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever played Mario 64 on the DS. I haven't, but I was looking it up a little bit. Have you, any of you guys played that one? Yes. Well, no, typically, if you're playing a game where you have the option of being multiple characters from the Mario universe, uh, I'm citing specifically... Well, really starting with Mario 2, Doki Doki Mario 2, and any other. Mario is always the most average character there. He does everything about a 5 out of 10. He jumps 5 out of 10, picks up things 5 out of 10, races his cart 5 out of 10. But in Mario 64 for the DS, I have never been so happy to just have a standard normal character. Everybody else is either like, it's like just trudging through quicksand playing as Wario. Or I just, I couldn't stand anybody else on that. Give it, just be Mario forever, please. Really? So the multiple characters in that version, there's different power-ups, like they bring back the mushroom that changes your size. It sounded like they added a lot to it. 
I, I just think that adding multiple characters to choose... I, I think you could choose from them. Adding the multiple characters was one thing too many. Everything else is fine. Okay. I mean, they even updated like the character models. Like Bowser looks a lot different on the DS version. I think better. I think the textures are not quite as good as N64, if I'm not wrong. But the 3D models are updated and you know they added a bunch of stuff. But you think they did all that work for the DS version. You think they could have brought some of that over, <laughs> even a little bit to the, the 3D collection, but no, it's it's the barest of ports of Mario 64 to the Switch. Well, do we know for a fact that they didn't? Like, has anybody beat it with all, like, 120 stars? Is there any, you know, New Game Plus content? No, uh, as far as I know, there's none of that. Um, I mean, people have been speedrunning. This is a speedrun now to beat all three games on the, the 3D collection, which I think is hilarious and oh, insane. <laughs> but, oh, the speedrunner community, I think, largely is pissed off because they changed... Yes. A few things. There's more lag whenever you go into a painting. I don't know if you can do the backwards stair jump thing to... Uh, yeah. Yeah, they took out the backwards jump because this is the um, the revised ROM from Japan that released after the fact. So, yeah. All right, that's Mario 64. It, it's a mm. good game. It's it's a revolutionary. It's got a legacy. Fantastic. It was great for its time is what he's trying to say. <laughs> Look, if you think it was just okay, you were going to be in for a long back half of this episode. <laughs> look, yeah. look, if the soup lobby has gotten to you guys, we got to talk after the podcast. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that don't worry about how long we're talking about 64 because Sunshine should be pretty quick. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. So Mario Sunshine came out in 2002. Also Miyamoto. Uh, Tezuka, I think, was designer in this one. Because they're the partners in crime. And, okay, I have never played... I did not play it before in the past. I own a GameCube, but Luigi's Mansion kind of put me off of the Mario franchise for a while. So I never even looked at Sunshine. Uh, I did watch some videos of it. Giant Bomb, that's a favorite website of mine. And they did a whole playthrough. And it was hilariously bad to see them go through that game. Um... It's definitely a sequel to Mario 64. Instead of having a central hub castle, you have like a whole resort town. It's basically Mario and Peach on vacation. And uh, that hub town spreads out into the various worlds. The various worlds have their own stars to collect, like called them shines. But the plot, though, is interesting. Like the whole graphical style, it's got that painterly, cell shaded kind of look to it, which looks really nice. And it looks great on the Switch. Too, but it hasn't really been modified. It's just, again, up But it still holds up graphically. But the story is, Mario and Peach are on a vacation. They're on a plane. And they bring it on Toadsworth, whoever the hell he is. And then they land on this island of Delfino. And then all of a sudden, there's this rampant uh, graffiti and pollution on the island by somebody that looks a lot like Mario. So the local police arrest Mario, throw him in prison, literally in jail, like there's a sham trial, the whole nine yards, and his punishment is convicted, is to go to the island and clean the pollution and recover the shines of the stars. And there's 120 of them, much like Mario 64. But the opening to this game is like 10 minutes long. It's it's a dark plot. It's like the Majora's Mask of Mario. <laughs> Have any of you guys played it? I've played a little bit of it. I never got as much into it as... Uh as Mario 64 because I didn't have it as long. <laughs> I I had a, I had a GameCube and I found out I even owned it by mistake. <laughs> How does that happen? I, I bought a used GameCube off of somebody and it was in the it was in the GameCube when I bought it. <laughs> and nice. that was the, that that happened to me twice. The same thing happened with a Wii 
and uh, Twilight Princess. But I digress. Um, <laughs> no, I played it. Oh God, probably a solid four or five hours in one go, and then the one I bought it from, I was like, "Look, I got your game. Do you want it back?" And they were like, "Oh, that'd be great." So I was nice and gave it back. But I really did enjoy it when I was, when I was playing it because it it had the cheesy like clean clean up the world aspect to it but it still played like a mario game so yeah control wise it's very similar to mario 64 in the move set right you still have the same like backward flips and and triple jumps and whatnot the the major addition is the the flood pack which basically a water hose thing that you spray it and clean the pollution on the gamecube it was a little awkward because you had those analog triggers and if I remember correctly, you push halfway and it squirts, and if you push all the way, it lets you um, stay in place. Something like that. And that's been removed on 3D All-Stars, and they replaced it with a separate button for it. But, I mean, otherwise... Oh, the other thing was the... Um, so a lot of people don't like inverted controls, and I believe the original was inverted. Not just up and down, but the left and right was inverted, which seems very odd to me. So in this port, they've switched them around, but they didn't put in an option to switch it back, which is kind of odd. Like, I, I know they went well, it wasn't well received, but you change it, and then for people who are fans of it, they can't go back. It seems awkward to me anyway. But it's, uh, the problem I have with it, and I noticed it right away, was the moves are the same, but the controls are very loose, right? So in Mario 64, that flip jump, that run, and then you flip backwards jump, I use it all the time, and it felt great because you could pull it off on command, it happened when he wanted it to. It was very snappy. In Mario Sunshine, I, I'm just walking back left and right, and I feel like I'm flipping when I don't want to be. Several boss encounters, when I'm just trying to jump forward or to the side, because of the controls being so slidey, you flip and, and backflip without even trying. And it was messing me up constantly. I don't know if you guys remember that at all. It's been a long time since I've played this game. Uh, I probably played it about a month after it came out. And I borrowed it from a buddy of mine, played through the entirety, got all 120 shrines. Wow. And I hated every minute of it. <laughs> well. Like I just, I couldn't stand the game. I know, right? I kept hoping it would get better and feel more like Mario should feel. And the whole time I just kept thinking, this doesn't feel like a decent sequel to a Mario game to me. I can understand you not feeling that way. I don't understand you continuing it until you beat the damn game. Like yeah, like if you you hate it. Why do you keep going to 120 stars completion? Because <laughs> at the time, I was just kind of barreling through games regularly. And so I borrowed it from my friend and I just ran through the whole thing. Like at the time, I was basically either working or playing video games. That was what I was doing. So... <laughs> I I ran through the game pretty quick and uh, yeah I just that was it I finished it and I was disappointed in the game and I've never touched it since. So I okay so I know that a lot of the game doesn't feel like your typical Mario platformer, like the flood elements where you're cleaning the pollution and using that in the boss fights. I didn't care for that very much either. Yeah, I think that was one of the biggest turnoffs for me was flood. Right, so there are side sections um, that are more classic platformy type levels do you remember doing any of those yeah like the space block worlds where you know sometimes you, i think 
they had like little eight bit Mario's and some of them in on the sky block on the skybox and all that. Those I I kind of liked, but that was really it. Those were the only parts that I felt fit in a Mario game, as opposed to everything else in this game. I mean, it was you're in this you're on this tropical island with these new characters, the Delfinos, and like I don't care about the Delfinos. The fact that Mario is, you know, doing janitorial work in this game, it's not exciting. You know, the fact that if you you miss and you step in it, you get hurt. It was it was a lot of frustration, and then even the the big plot point reveal at the end of the game, I was like, "Are you serious? This is dumb." <laughs> <laughs> but I'm gonna keep playing. God damn it! <laughs> and I would like to point out, Mario is by trade a plumber. So, I mean, some of that stuff, you know, you were complaining about him doing janitorial stuff. I mean, it's not exactly apples to apples, but, you know, I don't think he, yeah. Usually you don't hire the plumbers to sandblast the, the graffitied walls. No, but apparently you do convict Just them saying. Uh, wrongly and then, you know, force <laughs> them to do community service. So, Delfino's, like, really run by a dictator. What can we say? I love that the cops wear grass skirts. It's just... I love the I love the characters and the graphics. I just don't like the gameplay. I I honestly I wasn't even a big fan of the the music in the game. I was gonna say that I think the music is some of the best in the franchise. <laughs> like the whole thing, it just felt remarkably not Mario to me. Oh, uh, well, <laughs> man. I think if it weren't a Mario game, I never would have played it, and I never would have felt bad about not playing it. Yeah, I, I I can concur with that. Having never played it, but having never felt bad about not playing it, so. Yeah, I can see that because again, I didn't play it when it originally came out, and I didn't really feel like I missed anything with it. I went from sixty four to Galaxy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but having played it this past week, it's it's not a bad game. It just it feels very okay. You know, Luigi's Mansion. I hate Luigi's Mansion, and I think it's for the same reason I don't like the flood. In Mara's Sunshine. Excuse me one sec. <coughs> Jake's upset. He he gets very worked up about these games. I'm all choked up because you yeah. don't like the music in Mara's Sunshine. <laughs> the music is good. I'm not, actually, it's Mary on vacation, man. It's festive. What do you want? If I heard you burp, I was going to give you so much help. Uh, look, <laughs> this is not an ASMR podcast, okay? You want not that, yet. you got to pay extra on the Patreon. Not yet. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, oh, God, mm-hmm. please. Coffee. Coffee. Yes, coffee. Joke, but- yeah, Patreon's a real thing. Coffee slash press B. Oh, yeah. Coffee. Yeah, check it out. Coffee. Um, yeah, I could use a coffee. Trust me. So, uh, okay. The one thing I find interesting about this game, though, is everybody generally dislikes Mara Sunshine these days. But when I was looking at reviews of the game, outside of GameSpot, who gave it an 8 out of 10, everybody else was like 10 out of 10, 9.5 out of 10. It was an incredibly well-reviewed, well-received game for its time. Oh yeah, back then I was I I definitely felt like the odd man out. Everybody was like, "This game's great," and I was like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what version of the game did I get then?" Because <laughs> yeah. I disagree. <laughs> but I mean, I've I've still heard people say over the years that they think it's the best 3D Mario, or you know only second to Mario Galaxy, stuff like that. And I I 
guess I don't know if sentiment has changed and I haven't paid attention because it's not a game I look into or what, but I I definitely was aware that you know I I was in the minority. Like I hated the game and everybody seemed to love it. Well, like I said, it's I, I think it's another case of maybe a Mario game that has not aged well. I guess from the gameplay perspective, but I don't know. <laughs> like a month in, <laughs> yet you still beat it all. <laughs> you hundred percented it. You got further than me. I am aware. I am right. aware. I figured I'm already in this deep. <laughs> GP, have any thoughts on this one? You didn't play it though, right? I, I I didn't, but I do have a fun story about it. That's actually kind of like werewolves. Uh, okay, so my freshman year of college, I am at uh at, at university with uh, my best friend. His name is James. Uh, you guys used to know him from the retro therapy as Hey Doctor J. And uh, so he and I were roommates in college, and we we shared the same hallway of the dorm as another friend of ours from Dodge uh, named Joel. And James had found a used copy of Sunshine at a GameStop or something like that. So he picked that up right around the time we started really getting into Metroid Prime. And so Joel and I are all about Metroid Prime. We basically quit going to classes. And James started playing Mario Sunshine. And within a day, he's like, fuck this game. This is dumb. (laughs) But, and this is just how he was, he had to beat the whole thing just so he could say, you know, he knew for a fact that it sucked, not just the first five minutes sucked or whatever. Kind of like what Werewolves was doing. So my fondest... Because you do that, you were like, if we asked you, if you're playing a game for the first time, and we said, like, what do you think of it? Eh, so far it's okay, and you and you always reserve judgment until you beat the entire game, and all of a sudden you'll be like, "That was fucking amazing," or "That was crap." <laughs> there was like, there was it's not like, there's, the like there's, yeah, <laughs> there's there's nothing in between, and it's like I needed to get that final credit scene before I could say yes or no, and there's no build up, no indication otherwise. You know, I, I've never looked introspectively and compared myself to, to hey, Doctor J that way. Uh, I would, I gun to my head, I would say no. That aspect of my personality comes from me being an egomaniac and an asshole. <laughs> um, it gets me to stick around longer, and I'm like, i got to watch him finish this now just so I can ask him when he's done. And probably part of it's that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if, if I had said fuck Final Fantasy 2 when I started it, nobody would have watched. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, so, no, my fondest memories with Sunshine are me and Joel being kicked out of the the dorm room to go back to his dorm room to play Prime because James is so pissed off at himself that he had, he had set his mind to beating this game. And he was pissed. <laughs> he was he could not abide. And he was like the most chill dude I ever met. So we'd come back from playing Prime, and he just wouldn't want to talk to anybody about it. It was great. And <laughs> oh, so <wow>. the, <laughs> No, James, he was very strongly opinionated about most things. Uh, for being chill, I understand. I just said he was chill, but he he stuck to his guns, and so no, that's that's my Mario Sunshine story. He was so livid about it that I <laughs> never had a desire to pick up the sticks for that one. Yeah, I was I wasn't bent out of shape that I played it. I was like, well, it was you know it was the newest Mario game. I played it. I can at least you know tell people that I didn't like it, but it's not because of the first hour. It's because <laughs> right, the whole, the whole thing was a potato. <laughs> but keep in mind, also, me and Joel would come back. Just cracking up and having a great, you know, like sharing stories about like 
finding stuff and, and really discovering Prime. So it's not just that he was playing a shit game. It's that two of his buds were coming back, having the time of their life playing this other great game. <laughs> so I yeah That's I think awesome. it was I think it was deserved his uh, his his piss offedness. Well, speaking of assholes, not Prime. No, no, Yoshi. Yoshi's in this one too. I had to. I have to talk about this. Uh, oh. So he's in this game. <laughs> it's neat that you can have Mario riding Yoshi in a three D environment, but his power up. He eats fruit. And then he spits it out as a weapon. But the meter that tells you how much juice you have left, I'm pretty sure it's a, a picture of his stomach. And you're force-feeding Yoshi fruit so he can vomit on your enemies. <laughs> I'm pretty sure. And it's a game about Mario going around and cleaning things up. It's the grossest thing I've seen in a game in a while. Like Boogerman level of gross. Jake's also like disgusted by the fact that if... if uh... Yoshi eats a red Koopa. It's so spicy that he burps fire. Yeah. It, okay. Don't, don't, don't say it. <laughs> no mouth sounds. This now, correct me if I'm wrong. Good. This is the one where if Yoshi goes in the water, he just evaporates, right? <laughs> Does he? Wow. Is this the first time oh, they I did can't that? Remember. It wouldn't surprise me. Cause I mean, historically when you drop him in a pit, he disappears, right? That's a horrible retcon. I mean, you realize in, in Mario World, <laughs> one of them was birthed underwater and he was blue. Yeah. You just, like, if you're just running along the beach and step in the water too far, bye, Yoshi. <laughs> just, like, I don't even, Scooby-Doo endings his way out what of there. What do want to do? Show his, like, you know, decaying corpse under the waves? Like, they're not going to do that. It's a kid's game. Well, but he could have like at least turned into like a gremlin or something. He's, like, way deep in the water. Why is he evaporating yeah. in the water is he at all? candy? <laughs> it's something else man Yoshi is I don't think there's ever been a game where Yoshi gets a good deal he's always treated like crap <laughs> I was just gonna say I don't even I don't remember if Yoshi does that in any, any other games he might have done something similar to that in the Switch one Odyssey uh, but is he in Odyssey? it was less frustrating he is. I thought that He's was an Assassin's Creed at game. At least one area. <laughs> Yoshi in Assassin's Creed? But he also wasn't a major mechanic of the game. He was also okay. in Metal Gear Solid. <laughs> He's just choking bad he, guys out with his tongue. Was he the one that was riding around on roller skates planting bombs? <laughs> no. No, that was Fat Man, I think his name was. <laughs> <laughs> but I can see how you would think that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so real quick for the poor perspective on the, the collection, it is widescreen, so I'm not sure if the GameCube one was originally widescreen, because I think some GameCube games supported that, but on this one it definitely is. But what's neat, or not neat, weird, is that the original game has audio tutorials for the controls, right? The backpack speaks to you, which is weird, but it's like, you know, press B oh, button yeah. to do this. So in this collection... They cut out the sound of the buttons because it's different on a pro controller or on the Joy-Cons. So they kind of like try to patch it in and there's a couple dialogues that will mention the new controls as opposed to the old GameCube controller buttons. But all the button prompts in the game, like when you talk to people, you walk up to them, A will flash on the screen, but it's actually B button you're supposed to hit. Your flood pack will, is I think it's uh, 
X or something to change it. But on the screen, it's the, still the same kidney-shaped button. So it's like very sloppy oh. port, which seems to be the theme of this collection for Nintendo. <laughs> and it's, it's very odd. It seems like maybe it's COVID. I don't know. Maybe it's budgets. But it really feels like they didn't give this collection the attention it needed to. It's like I feel like they would have been better off celebrating the 36th anniversary instead of the 35th. I don't know. All right, so let's get to the last game in the collection, which is unfortunate, but we can mention that later. But it's Mario Galaxy 1 only, no 2. Um, I didn't get a chance to play very much of this uh, as part of the collection. I had played it when it first came out. Uh, I seemed to think I beat it, (laughs) but I remember very little about it. Can somebody talk a little bit about the plot of this one? This is the one that has the weirdest plot of probably any of the more recent Mario games where (laughs) it starts where Mario's on his way to the castle as per usual. I don't remember why in this particular instance, but he's headed to the castle and on his way, Bowser attacks the castle with a, I want to say a fleet of airships and a UFO (laughs) as you do. So we're and, gonna Canadianize you know, all the this little... hoser <laughs> attacks with Foo Fighter, the hockey puck. <laughs> yeah, and then all the little toad, all the little toad soldiers are like throwing spears and shooting cannons. But it's so <laughs> savage as fuck. It they yeah they basically cause this problem that results in. I don't even, I don't, it was so out there, I don't really recall exactly what happened, but I think they sort of destroy the planet. <laughs> like, everything gets sucked into a vortex, I'm pretty sure. I'm picturing picture Return of the Jedi with the Ewoks, but I'm just thinking, like, someone photoshopped toad hats on them. <laughs> ah. and so, so you end up in space on this ship that's captained by Rosalina very best princess apparently apparently she's like Luigi and Peach's daughter from a previous timeline what no really why you gotta ruin this for me I like Rosalina don't don't fuck it up by saying Luigi's involved there's story bits where she's telling you about her where you you hear you learn about her childhood and she mentions her mother who's very clearly Peach, and her father, who always wore green. Oh, no. Uh, Wait. Wait. Bowser. How Bowsette started? (laughs) (laughs) Gross fan fiction you're spinning here on the podcast, Wolf. So, yeah, Rosalina is the daughter of Luigi in the the timeline that Bowsette came to be, apparently. That explains her height. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it now. Hmm. No, I don't get this. She's like eight <laughs> feet tall. She, Luigi's like what? Six Nine feet, feet if he's tall. lucky. Yeah, she's fucking <laughs> yeah. the Amazon warrior fucking princess. She's awesome. I love her. I love the Rosalina in Smash, in Mario Kart, freaking everything. She's my favorite character. There's a game theory video about it. Check into it. Yeah, the fact check this video. But, uh... This is from Facebook. <laughs> I'm speaking yeah. to you. <laughs> no, it's, it was... <laughs> It's one of those things where it gets flagged on Facebook for showing incorrect information. I'm gonna post it on Twitter. One of those things that says, "Yeah, this will detoxify your body." (laughs) 
So anyway, you're going around collecting uh, DNA samples. I don't even remember what the little <laughs> what the little guys are called. They're lumas. little oh, yeah, lumas. They're lumas yeah. You're collecting lumas, which are little living starmen, and then you're you're just exploring this universe of little tiny galaxies of planets that Mario runs around in 3D. He actually 360 degrees around the planet. You know, it's not. It's MC Escher meets Mario. <laughs> it does get dark in parts because you're sometimes you're gated on some planets by uh, you need to collect a certain number of bits. And then there's certain Lumas that is floating there and they won't. <laughs> you got to force feed them. You have to engorge them on bits until they yeah. explode into a star. It's pretty sick. I got a cold shiver that time. <laughs> but Galaxy was a really fun game. It it felt like the evolutionary proper next step from Mario 64 to me. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. Uh, even though I haven't played it much, and I found the, the 360 kind of perspective made me a little bit queasy. It kind of messed with my, my head a little bit. Um, but overall, like, you're right. It feels it's a polished, amazing-looking game. It takes everything about Mario 64 and definitely expands on it in a really great way. There's no screwy mechanics like a backpack. You're not cleaning pollution. Um, it still has the, the hub world, I guess, in a way, because the spaceship is kind of your central starting point. And then the galaxies have their themes, but there's still multiple stars in each galaxy, I think. Uh, uh, most of them. I think there's the odd ones that have just one. But most of them have two or more. I'm right. Sure. There's one mechanic that I'm, I don't remember a lot about it. About it. Um, there's comets, and they they give modifiers on galaxies when they show up. Do you remember anything about that? Oh, okay. So those were essentially secret levels, kind of. It it those opened up a new way to play the level to get a new star or luma or whatever you were collecting in this game, and they would it basically it would travel around from level to level. So if you missed it on that level at the time, you'd have to get it later. Yeah, because some of those modifiers are really fun. Some of them are hard, but I think one of them was it imposes a time limit. Enemies are faster. I think was another one. A lot of neat way of taking the existing levels and putting a spin on it. I, I remember I remember liking those quite a bit, even if they were hard. Uh, GP, how about you? What's what's your experience with the galaxy? By the time I had played Galaxy, it had been out for a while, and the version that I bought was a used copy at a Hastings, if for anybody who remembers the Hastings stores. And it was a used copy of, like, the uh, greatest hits, you know what I mean? So I remember buying it, being excited about it, and loving it. I did that completionist thing that Paul was talking about earlier. Uh, opened all the things, got all the stars. Played it the second time uh, as Luigi, a.k.a. Rosalina's dad, we all know this, Ugh. and uh, beat it with him. And I remember just thinking, wow, that was a great game. And then just a couple of years ago, going back, firing it up, my wife and I were like, oh, yeah, let's play Galaxy. This was great. And we made it like two stages in, and we're like, I don't want to do all this shit again. And I have yet to really have the desire to pick it up. So 10 out of 10, loved it. 4 out of 10 would play it again. Like, it's, it's weird. I think I have to be in the mode or in the mood to want to play it because kind of like that feeling I was talking about earlier with Hazy Maze Cavern or whatever, 
where I get to that point, I'm like, ah, I just don't want to do this part. I love the game, but I don't want to do this part. I feel like Mario Galaxy is a lot of that. It's great up until you get to that point, and then you got to step away. Yeah, oftentimes I, 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 I can agree with that. Like, even Mario 64, I've gone back to it over the years a few times, and it's usually just enough to do the first couple worlds, and then I'll hit the water level, and I'm like, oh, okay, I'm done. <laughs> like, it, I've, I've played it. Sure, sure, sure. Well, and uh, yeah, I don't really get that way too hardcore with 64. Like, there's one or two places, but I can muster my way through them and whatever. I just, I cannot overstate how small my desire to do those sections of Galaxy were. I, I did enjoy it. I thought the mechanics were beautiful. Everything you guys are saying is accurate. I thought Rosalina was a great addition to the uh, the Mario lure. You know, whenever I see her, I, I'm happy. Uh, I like the Lumas. I like the graphics, the music. It felt like, like you guys were saying, the natural progression. This was always where Mario should have gone. But there's just so many things. And it's just so disheartening when you start it anew. And when you already know the big picture of it, to start off and only complete 3 or 4%, and then you feel like you've been playing it for a while... It just takes the piss out of you, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But I, again, beautiful game. I enjoy it. For me, though, still Mario 64. So you mentioned you played it with your, your wife. So when this first came out, my wife, this is one of the first games my wife and I played together. So when we first got together, she wasn't really much of a video game fan. And I try and get her into it a little bit, right? And Mario Galaxy was like the first step because it does have a, a limited co-op mode. I want to say, <laughs> Mr. Scoot on Twitch, he, he was saying that it was advertised as wife mode back in the day, <laughs> where, where, the, where the guy plays the mate and plays Mario, and, and his, his girlfriend or wife can play with the, the remote to catch the star bits or whatever like that. It's very condescending, because women gamers are no different than men. It's, it's stupid to, to stereotype them as anything else. It's great, right? Like, my wife is a, is a huge gaming fan, and she plays games all the time now and honestly half the time if I'm frustrated with the game she'll grab the controller from me and she does better than I do like it's it's crazy but to get her into the hobby wife mode was actually kind of a gateway to it um, she loved using the, the, the wand to pick up the bits and now with my kids um, my one daughter is old enough where she loves playing the Mario games and she's she's good enough at it but her younger sister is still trying to get a grasp of the controls of some of these games so she's having a ball collecting the bits while her older sister is playing Mario and running around. And uh, <laughs> I think it's great. Like they did similar in Mario Odyssey with one person controlling the hat and one person controlling Mario. So I like how in Galaxy it kind of started that that co-op, co-op a little bit uh, mode in the game. So I don't know, did you play in that GP or Wolf? No, never made use of the little brother mode. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had neither. <laughs> I, I don't really even remember the system that my wife and I were employing when we we started up. Because, again, we did make it very far before we both realized, let's just play Contra again. <laughs> <You know>, like... <laughs> so I, I can't say, no, we, we didn't really have a system. But I'm kind of glad because if we had said it was wife mode, she would still to this day be calling me her wife because she's, <laughs> she's better at it than I am, absolutely. Yeah. It's one of those really old stereotypes that are just, just stupid. Like, the, the, it's not a thing. But yeah, why pump star bits into Lumas when you can pump bullets in the army of the Red Falcon? Thank you. Yeah. 
I thought you were going to make a uh, why marry the cow when you can get the milk thing because that is that is again you know bananas condescending. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. Why why pump bits into the luma when you can? I don't know what the back half of that would be, but yeah. Get that black hole for free. Oh my good. Oh my god. That's a uh, all the glory. You there. just told me this was a family friendly podcast. <laughs> Which, by the way, no, it fucking didn't. <laughs> but, <yeah>. No. <laughs> and marking this is explicit now. Paul, how about you? What's your experience with Mario? What are we at? Galaxy. I I didn't have uh, anything past GameCube really. I had a Wii for like briefly, and I never got any games for it except for the Twilight Princess. That was the one I kept because I was like, oh, screw this. I don't know them, so I'm keeping it this time. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I didn't I didn't play anything outside of a bunch of House of the Dead games that my brother owned. So my Wii and further was so limited that let's just say it's limited because I can't think of anything else. We'll insert a joke in post. That's that's what we'll do. Sure, we will. Balsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, good line, Balsh. Can, can we use that one? <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, yeah. You keep them coming, dude. Quick werewolf sound offended. <laughs> Did we lose Wolf? And silence. That was it. <laughs> yeah. That was it. <laughs> I, I did a thing. Did you guys not no, hear me? No, it was... Oh, well then. That'll be a surprise in editing. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> I gasped. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, in ter- terms of port, I, I know they changed the controls around... I think the Joy-Cons are more responsive than the Wii remotes ever were. That's probably the big thing I noticed. Otherwise, I didn't play very far to notice anything else. Uh, this game looks amazing. It looked amazing on the Wii. Um, I actually got a Wii again recently. so And I do have Galaxy 1 and 2 on disc. So I actually want to go back and try it. But I'm, I, the Switch port looks nice. And But there's of the three, there's, there's not much they had to do to make this look good. It already looked good. So I think this is fine. Um... So it's aged well, or it's or it's good for its time. This one's aged well, right? <laughs> now this is this is the motorized spoon. This is the oh. spoon to the next progression. It's revolutionized the bowl of cereal. Yeah, it ex- automatically throws food in your mouth. I feel you guys have missed my point. <laughs> to, to be fair, though, it was a really stupid point. <laughs> told, told nonsensically. It's okay. So, your yeah. point was good for its time. my heart hurts (laughs) i don't know so uh, this collection i don't know Uh, when it was first announced my immediate thought was galaxy's great i'm looking forward to playing galaxy 2 because i never finished it and then i that was my same thought and then they they announced the, the three games it comes with and no galaxy 2 and i can't understand why especially when it came to light after the fact these aren't ports pre-compiled for the, the Switch. These are just ROMs. Nintendo's built emulators to run these ROMs. I have nothing against ROMs. They run great. But they're just ROMs. How hard is it to take Galaxy 2 and throw it on the collection? Yeah, they already did the work for Galaxy. Yeah. Galaxy 2 runs on the exact same engine, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, as far as I know. Basically the same thing. So they could have just thrown it on there. Well, no loss. It, it's super disappointing. The value proposition for the game goes way up because I'm sure there's a lot of people who never played 2 and probably thought the same thing we did that was like, I'd like to play Galaxy 2. I've never played that one. But then not in the collection for some reason. Right. So no Galaxy 2. 
so that in, immediately to me doesn't make it worth the full sticker price because it's a full price game. The the missed opportunity to include some of the stuff from the DS version of Mario sixty four didn't even try, and then I mean Mario Sunshine like okay, <coughs> sorry I'm all coffee I'm all for Clemt and rage about this collection. It just seems <laughs> it's not a cash grab. It just seems lazy and really this is Mario. It seems, it seems absolutely like a cash grab. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> I was thinking cash grab. It's literally they they lazily ported these games to the Switch for sixty bucks for a limited time, so that people feel like they have to rush out and buy it. Yeah, it's that fear of missing out thing. Like yes, they got to jump in and grab it just in case, you know. To me, this feels like nothing but a cash grab. Yeah, it's just so disappointing because it's. This is Mario. This is this is Nintendo's thing, right? Forget Zelda. Forget you know, I don't even know if they have. Forget Metroid. <laughs> this is this is Mario. <laughs> this is the original Nintendo classic, and you think they would put something in its collection that would make it worth charging full price? It's ninety dollars Canadian when it's all said and done. It's outrageous. The only bonus on this thing is it comes with the three soundtracks for the games, which. Look, if, even if I don't want to pirate MP3s, not that I would do that, <clears throat> but even if I don't, it's the same thing with Smash Brothers Ultimate. Smash Brothers Ultimate has like 50 billion songs on it. It's amazing how many remixes of songs are on Smash Brothers. But the way the Switch is designed, you can't listen to it if the screen is off. So they put the soundtracks on the Switch version of, of this collection, and you can listen to them, but it's not like you can carry this with you on commute and listen to the soundtracks. You can't do any of that. You have to be staring at a screen listening to music. It's stupid. There's no behind-the-scenes stuff. There's no videos or making-ofs. Like, in an age where behind-the-scenes documentaries and making-ofs for movies has been a thing for, what, 50... Not 50 years. 20 years, at least. You think, for this, Nintendo could have brought something to the table to kind of flesh out the making of Mario and really celebrate how this is 35 years of Mario. Uh, it's it's very disappointing. Remember when listening to the music in the game was as simple as going to the options and flipping through the sound <laughs> right. test? And it wasn't a bonus selling yes, feature? there's that too. <laughs> Why no sound test? That's, that's all it is. I don't know. I, I keep looking back at the original All-Stars and it's, that was redone graphics a game that was never seen before or to North America with lost levels and all this great stuff. And there's none of that in this collection. Not a damn thing. Um, like I said, I, I bought it. The reason why is because I stupidly opened up the eShop when my kids were around and they saw a new Mario game. <laughs> so, and that's fine. I knew who might have say no to my children. So I picked it up. Um, from about you guys, you just telling them to get out of the. Out You're of like, the get the fuck out of this room. <laughs> wasn't door slam. Loving Love you, lovingly get out. <laughs> My daughter gave me a hug. You just didn't see that on audio. But anyway, um, Paul, what about you? If you don't even own a switch, <laughs> no. but my new roommate does, so I might try to convince him to get it. Just, just oh, for spite. Why? <laughs> You're going to be the little devil on his shoulder so he spends $60 and is unsatisfied. Yeah, well, I mean... Actually, you're in Canada, $90. $90. Oh, not gonna, uh, if it's that much, I'm not even going to bother. That's, that's mean. Full price buy, man. Yeah. 
I would do that and then like be like, I'm a little light on the rent this month, but you know why. Yeah. Dude, Breath of, <laughs> Breath of the Wild is still like 70 bucks. Oof. I'm like... Nintendo never puts their first party stuff on sale, ever. It's, it's, I've always had a complaint about them for that. All right, so if you probably wouldn't buy it. Uh, Wolf, I think you didn't want to buy it for similar reasons to me, I guess, right? Yeah, I was very disappointed in the lack of Galaxy 2. I can't see myself spending money on Sunshine. And so when it's a third of the cost of the thing, it's like, ah, no, that just hurts to do. That and I've, I'm pretty sure I bought 64 twice before, so <laughs> nah. You paid the Nintendo tax. <laughs> yeah. And GP, how about you? I know, I know you own a Switch. Is this something you'd consider buying before March? No. I mean, I do own a Switch, but I, honestly, <laughs> I've... I still got my Wii with the 64 on it, and uh, so I don't I don't need it for that. I've still got my version, my my player's choice version of Galaxy. I have zero desire to uh, play Sunshine, so no, I'm okay without it. But I will still play those other two games on the old systems. That's great, but no, I don't, I don't need the new stuff. Yeah, I mean the only thing I'm looking forward to really with Mario's 35th anniversary is that Mario. 35 battle royale thing for the limited time it's gonna be available i'm i'm interested to see that it's also free <laughs> and it's hard to argue with free yeah i'm interested to see that and i'm interested to see what kind of complaints <laughs> it gets if it's a success come march well you just know if 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 it becomes a runaway success like it's a lot of the influence for that comes from tetris uh, 99 and people love Tetris 99. I'm one of the fans 99, too. 99, uh-huh. 99, sorry. But Tetris is great. Yeah, in April, it's just going to be, you have to buy it. To yeah, play or it. they may just say, you know, we hear you. <laughs> it's now free for Nintendo Online members. And they'll give another reason to subscribe or a reason to subscribe to Nintendo Online. Because right now, there's very little reason to subscribe to Nintendo's online thing. It's, it's pretty bare bones. So I can see it being permanent if it does well. And if it doesn't do well, well... You Nintendo just pulls it and you never have to worry about it again. So, yep. all right. But the three games, Mario 64, for sure, Galaxy, people should have played those. I feel like if you've not played two or three of these games, it's worth it. Even if one of those games that you haven't played is Sunshine, it's still worth it. But if you've played at least two of these games in the past to a fair amount, it's it's not really worth the price tag. It's too much money. I agree. 100%. I think the way you said it is accurate. If you have either never played or if you just don't own your version or your copy of it anymore, yeah, that's a convenient place to get those titles again. But if you already own them, there's no reinventing of the wheel being done. Yeah. It would just be to have a, a second place to play it. Like, not even a remaster. It's just port. That's all it is. The bears one. Like when we we did an episode about Spiral Reignited, and that was yeah, I was just thinking so about exciting. That. that was an awesome remake of the Spiral trilogy. Enough where I didn't care for the originals, but the remake, freaking awesome, and nothing remotely close for this for that. Had they done a proper remaster for these three games, I think excitement would be through the roof for yeah. them. And it would be selling like crazy. 
and justifiably so. But if it's like it's literally just ROM ports, yeah. it's... especially if you had done the remaster for Sunshine in a way that would have made it into Galaxy Two, <laughs> then I, I definitely would have bought it. Oh boy! Honestly, they wouldn't have even need to remaster Galaxy and Galaxy Two. Probably no. they those look really good. They could have taken Galaxy One and Two, put together as a bundle. And probably sold it, maybe not the full price, but three quarters of the price. No problem. Well, here's one of the theories I've seen is that they, after the, the March deadline, that they're going to split it up into three different purchases at 30 bucks each. Yeah. If they do that, then it's... That's a cash grab. Yeah. That, that is a cash grab. <laughs> but, but actually, yeah. I, I probably wouldn't mind spending 30 bucks on 64. Because actually to have that portable would, would kind of not be horrible. But I don't want to spend 60 for it and then never pay attention to the other two games. I don't know. My hypocrisy knows no bounds. <laughs> don't you have a DS, though? Isn't there a 3D, uh, 3DS version in Area 64? There, there is, but I don't own it. I've played it, but I, I don't own it. All right. Well, this is a beefy episode. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. it is. All right, folks. Pulse, where can people find you? Yeah, and Twitch sometimes. <laughs> Well, I saw you doing some woodworking the other day. That's pretty good. <laughs> this is tr- this is true. Yes, I've been farting around in the wood shop while I still have access because <laughs> it gets some really cold. Woodworking, some wood burning. Yeah. So uh, you can find me at Twitch.tv/slash Polish109. That's P-A-L-S-H 109. And Wolf, how about you? Where can folks find you? Well, I know I keep teasing <laughs> this, but I mean. <laughs> the line of sight is there, but it's not as soon as I thought. I will be streaming again. Probably by the end of the year. Werewolf, W-A-R-E-W-U-L-F-F. You can find me on Twitch or Twitter. I'm telling you, I'm never going to play Yakuza. So I get my I get to live vicariously for you playing through the series. So I miss your streams. And GP underscore, where can folks find you? Oh, man. It's going away <laughs> soon, I promise. You're right. uh, <laughs> Bring on no, the hyphens. I, yeah, you can, you can find me, right. You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Instagram. And, of course, press me to cancel. And uh, being kicked out of your, your recording room, Daddy. <laughs> Love you. Love you, too. Yeah, and I'm sick, Jake. You can find me <laughs> almost never on Twitch, but I've been messing around with YouTube videos. Uh, by the time this airs, I'll have a couple of YouTube videos about how I built an arcade stick for the first time. That's right. Yeah. Cool. YouTubing. That's me. <laughs> Mainly because my upload now sucks. Yay, moving. Anyway, thanks for listening, everybody. This has been Press Me to Cancel. See you next week. Stop. Special thanks for music go to Arthur the Ancient, found on SoundCloud, or The Last Ancient on YouTube. For more episodes, please visit our website, pressbetocancel.com. As well, feel free to like or subscribe at Apple iTunes, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else you'd like to listen to your favorite shows. As always, thank you. This has been...